0: to know uh, our speaker, I don't know, we'll, we'll wrap this up at 10.30, we'll see how it goes. You should have seen yeah, their faces, they
1: were like, I can not barely take guys- 15 minutes
0: with this guy.
1: I mean, <laughs> see,
0: you're going to go, you're going to stay up all night anyways, it's it's small
1: potatoes in comparison to what's coming. Have so. you been to this camp before? Oh no, the guy's told yeah. us, <laughs> no, has anyone ever been to this camp before? Are you the first group to come to this camp? We are, yeah. It's amazing. It's first group ever, yeah, so. Um, uh, did you like how much he was selling summer camp here? <laughs> <laughs> it's amazing when it's warm. <laughs> awesome. The lake's pretty. There's anyway. speedboats. <laughs> yeah. The morale was just quickly leaving the everything I mean, I
0: why, we, are, why are we here? If I owned an island, I would I would post <laughs> about it too. So, oh. uh, but this is a chance for us to get uh, to know Jay a little bit better. Uh, so we're gonna get some. Uh, Fun, fun questions here and then we'll uh, also mix in some stuff that goes along well with our theme for the weekend as well. Um, So just some get to know you type things here for, for people. So obviously you were from, from Morton, Illinois, so yeah, Yeah. um, oh, you guys don't like Morton? Morton. Who who lives, who here lives in Morton right now? Okay. It smells. We li-
1: close enough,
0: you know what I mean? Close enough. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. So, awesome. couple of, so some of these questions, uh, we had a group of students that uh, asked us for some get, get to know you type questions. So, uh, one of the first ones that comes off uh, top of head is favorite ice cream flavor, because it's cold out right now, so.
1: You know, it's, uh, it's anything with chocolate and peanut butter. But no matter where i go that's just what i get like i find their version of like the chocolate and the peanut butter mm. yes please yeah
0: that's what i do <laughs> just need to throw some scoops on top of those peanut butter cups there you like you them.
1: know Coldstone has like the yeah. peanut butter delight yeah mm. that's just versions of that i'm looking for versions of that
0: so you grew up in pumpkin capital of the world how do you feel about pumpkins <laughs> <laughs>
1: What a trick question. <laughs> do, you, do you still
0: enjoy pumpkin or do you, do you <laughs> um,
1: I mean, I'm fond of them, I guess. They're, they're fine. Uh, you know, it's funny. When I get introduced like that, like pumpkin capital of the world stuff, I usually just tell people, like, you're welcome for pumpkin pie, yeah. pumpkin lattes, stuff like that. I'm like, you're welcome. Like, I had something to do with it. Um, I like pumpkin pie better. Yeah, I mean, I'm not it's a huge... So, like, if we're talking eating, I don't... I mean, I, I'm good without, I think. <laughs> somebody said it smells. It, it is. There it is. Is, it is a smell. I know, so the pumpkin season's kind of rough. Potter lids. Yeah, there's is, there is like
0: a two-month period where you just kind of avoid certain parts of the work. Yeah. At all costs. Yeah. So, you go to DMACC. Yeah. Yeah. Just am Just reading the room. I'm just reading the room. <laughs> All right, so let's 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 think about another another food then. Uh, tomatoes hate. How? Yeah. Th- so there's a, there there's hate. a story here though, right? About like where you're. Did eating. I tell you the story? Yeah. I feel like, well, I feel like years ago. It's like kindergarten, is yeah. that right? Is it traumatizing? It was pre-K. Okay.
1: <laughs> Real story, pre-K. Um, I don't know why I went to a pre-K where they served snacks, and one of the snacks was tomato. What kind of pre-K is that? It sounds like camp death. Uh, it was. The teacher was, I, don't, I just remember, sh- she's like, I'm like, I don't want to eat that. I can't eat that. I'll get sick. And she said, show me! And like horns came out of her head, and I was like, it's the devil. Um, So I took a bite, and then I threw up on her shoes. (laughs) And to this day, I cannot, but here's what's weird. I love salsa, and ketchup, and tomato soup, and everything except just a raw slice of tomato. Can't do it. So if I used to be so bad, if it, like, touched anything of my, like, we had to start all over. But now I can just, like, pull it off and throw it away, so it's not a deal. That's awesome. But, yeah, devil teacher. How's this going? <laughs> <laughs> How's this... I can do these all, all night. <laughs> favorite candy? Uh, favorite candy? <laughs> I, we're, getting, apparently we're getting questions from the crowd. I'm a fan of, uh, it's all candy. Mainly chocolate, though. Yeah. Um, peanut butter cup,
0: if you need
1: more specific. Question was posed that- Do you want to get me something? It'd be like, like a peanut butter cup. <laughs> <A> pound. <laughs> <You're quite sure. laughs>
0: the question was posed, um, if you could be any Mario Kart character, which one would you be?
1: And <laughs> why? <laughs> yeah. Have you played Mario Kart recently? Several, several, yeah. Several, yeah. several times. Yeah. You mean like in real, like, I just wanna make sure I understand the question. What character would I choose to be like in the game or what, who do I relate to in real life? Like I just wanna make sure I'm, I'm answering it. I usually play as Link, that's just kind of my character because sword and then, okay. but if you're like, who do you relate to in real, I would go, Luigi. Yeah. I just wanna be tall and skinny. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, I don't know what to say. I think I'm more like Mario, okay? That's <laughs> what you want from me! I'm Mario!
0: <sighs> so,
1: Bowser, <anyway>. okay?
0: That's <laughs> what this is escalating quickly. <laughs> you wanted to do a Q&A. I love at 10 it. O'clock in uh, this is great. This is great. Uh, so besides playing Mario Kart, what do you do for fun, Jay? Golf.
1: Nice. I know, it's not popular. Here's the thing. You'll hit 25 or 28, and you'll be like, golf is awesome. And then you'll call me. So, but yeah, golf. I love golf. Southern California is great for golf. It's amazing. Golf, golf, golf.
0: Feels way better than
1: Central, especially in January. You guys have, like,
0: Frisbee golf? That's something. Yeah, it's still cold, though, <laughs> this year to play that. So. You
1: guys Frisbee golf? What do you do? Yeah. yeah. Who Frisbee golfs? Yeah, we we'll got some Anybody actually there. play real golf, though? A couple of you. That's what's up. Yeah. That's what's up. You're gonna if your dad is like hey you should play you should you're gonna thank him big time in a few years. Sports? You like watching any sports?
0: Other golf (laughs) (laughs) Apparently. I feel like I made it clear. (laughs) Uh,
1: yeah, I mean I'll watch a baseball game. Not not so much basketball, but I'll watch a baseball game. Why would you do that? <laughs> why would you say? Hold on, what team oh, did oh, you oh. used to root for? I used to be a fan of the St. Louis Cardinals. Oh. Hold on, why are you clapping? Kind of, did you hear what he just said? I still it used am, to be. They're just not number one. They're they're now like Wait, on the top of the three. Not it's not for weather. I live in LA. i A. I'm a Dodger fan. Like it's, I really like the Dodgers. But if they're, I mean, I want. I want both of them to win. That's how I feel. You can have two teams, okay? <laughs> Go work at a preschool. You mean people <laughs> serving kids tomatoes? Yeah, the, I mean I like the Dodgers. I like the Cardinals. That's that, those are my teams. Okay, that's fair. Not Cubs though. You. Who said who? Price table. Never said it, go
0: get it. <laughs> Nobody wants to own it.
1: <laughs>
0: so, you you just got back from your youth camp last weekend. <laughs> so, you guys had winter camp last weekend. True. So, obviously, you've experienced a lot of uh, camps over the last several years. Do you have a favorite memory or favorite like story from church camp? Is there, like, one that stands above the bus? Yeah, I'm
1: just trying to think. Are you recording this? I I can pop it. Some of them just aren't, aren't appropriate. I I, this is, this is okay. This one's okay to share. So, a leader was, like, we were getting ready to leave. Everybody's on the bus. Check, you know, everybody's checking in. Get on the bus. Leaders are going around cabins, making sure we got everything. Brand first time, sweet leader. Here she comes with just, she's so kind to pick up these disgusting towels and socks and gross stuff. Gina, I love you, but gross. And she comes to the bus, she's like, oh, I found all this stuff. And the kids are like, we're well, not going to claim it. And she's like, like whose towel? And no, everybody's just looking, like, you're looking at me. They're just like, <laughs> who's, and as she, she, like shakes the towel and this pair of underwear, just
0: and I'm standing on
1: the bus because I'm like, who cares? Let's go. And the underwear right on this kid's face, and he just it like wrapped like ceramic. It was bad. It was bad. I just I just did this. Well, (laughs) right off the bus. like I can't be here anymore. That's up there. Oh, man, that is priceless. I love it. Favorite student ministry story? Oh, man. You know, I think we have a shared student ministry story. Do you remember the kid? Do you remember the kid who used to sit front row this side? and he sat down that Sunday and his shirt got hooked on the chair. And he, so he's the kind of kid that's like real squirmy. you know, I love you, I love squirmy. And he's like up and down and he, his shirt got hooked and he's out of his shirt. So I'm, up, I'm preaching, I'm like, and you're in the back and I was like, like, get up here now! And so I go to this side of the room Right? I'm over there and I'm like, oh, look, I'm on fire. And you came up and helped him put his shirt on. <laughs> that was you, right? I actually don't think this is me.
0: <laughs> that's really funny about it. You don't remember that? Maybe it was, maybe it was me, sir. I thought it was you. Oh, man. Oh, I wish sick. I would have been there for that, but that's... Wow. Really? I could have sworn. Man, every time I yeah.
1: think of that, I picture you in the back looking at me like... Mm-mm. <laughs> <laughs>
0: No. Yeah, I'm trying to think of, uh, I, w- I, w- I wasn't prepared for my, my story. I'll, I'll think of one tonight. I'll probably share one better, but I think of uh, the first couple of years that we went to a sim camp. Do you guys remember how poorly we did at a sim camp, like in the team games? We were awful. We were like always like last place in the team games. It was embarrassing. <laughs> like, why are you bringing yeah. this up? <laughs> the third year, do you guys remember when, like, the team won for the first time ever, and they like stormed the stage. Yeah. <laughs> and there was like they were genuinely concerned that like the stage was about to collapse underneath. Yeah. That was I, I remember just thinking to myself, this is really awesome and it's terrifying all at the same time. So But you guys survived, that was good. That was great. Alright, so last little section here. We're gonna play uh since you're still a Central Illinoisan at heart, we're gonna play a game called California or Illinois. So, I'm gonna give you some options that are put in contrast as to which you prefer against each other, okay? All right. All right. Some of these will be like softballs. They're easy, okay. Uh, Cornfields or mountains? Mountains. Yeah. So you, you already did the baseball question, but, Bulls or Lakers?
1: I mean, like. uh, Yeah. (laughs) Bulls, because when you say Bulls, I just immediately go, you know, Jordan Pippen. Yeah. Those sweet, sweet years. Yeah, I'll say Bulls.
0: We're going to ask the question Cardinals or Dodgers, but that's already been (laughs) settled. Both. What's that? No. They're mad. They're yeah. thinking you can chew for two teams. Yeah. We'll we'll see if we can't turn this around for you. Yeah. Um, pumpkins or avocados. Uh-uh. <laughs> I, feel like, I feel like those are the fruits of uh, these two areas.
1: <laughs> I guess avocados. <laughs> <laughs> Man, I like guacamole. I don't know what to say.
0: What do you get? I feel at? like Californians put avocado on everything. Is uh, that is that not true? It's a thing. Yeah. So Holly and I joke because we like, out there, I don't know if we just chose not to like avocado because everybody liked it, but now we really enjoy it, but we don't go <laughs> to California anymore, so I'll send it's you not some. cool. Uh, sledding or surfing? Ah, it's sledding. Surfing. You do, have you surfed out
1: there? One time. One time, yeah. it was better than it, sledding. It was horrible. <laughs> I fell for two hours straight, and I'm like, did it! <laughs> Check. But you can still take it over sledding? Yeah. Okay, wow. Beach, warm, nice.
0: Tractor traffic or L.A. traffic? And I mean, we're talking like six, seven cars back tractor traffic, not, you know, right behind. No chance to pass. No chance, no. no Just jail.
1: Yeah. I'm gonna go LA traffic. Okay. Wow. Nice. Wow. Well at least you're I don't know. Just you're in it you're in it together. What's the uh,
0: what is the uh, appropriate terminology? Is it interstate or freeway? Boy, I say highway. I don't know if you I, say I, highway? I think so. Okay. I, I mean know. most of the time out there they don't even use those terms. It's it's they just use it's numbers. It's a number. yeah, yeah. The you learn if you live out in L.A. for any period of time, it's just numbers. Yeah. You take the five. Can you never
1: talk about distance? It's always time. It's
0: true. So true. Yeah. Distance, irrelevant.
1: Oh, it's like 25 minutes.
0: Oh, cool. Which could be dependent on you could be time a, of day. Yeah. It could be a
1: mile away, but still 25 minutes.
0: Holly's first job out there took her 10 miles. That took an hour and a half. Yeah. She got another job that was 30 miles away, took 30 minutes to get there. That's how it works. That's why we talk about it in times, right? Um, last one, Culver's or In-N-Out? Yeah. Uh,
1: I See, I kind of baited you into this. It's not today. fair, I mean, In-N-Out, of course, it's so good. Do they have customer- you just have to try it. Once you try it, you'll
0: agree. Has anybody here ever been to an In-N-Out burger before? You don't like
1: You didn't like it? Well, well I feel like Culver oh. mm. I'll say this. They're very friendly at Culver's. Mm-hmm. Today was a great reminder. <laughs> Are you sure you don't want cheese sauce? Please! We need to sell the cheese <laughs> sauce. <laughs> there, it was...
0: That's a welcome back to Illinois. I love it. I was like, maybe <laughs> I do need cheese sauce. Uh,
1: ketchup, napkins, <laughs> cheese sauce? She's trying to trick me.
0: That was the, yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, sure. That was the natural next question right after the ketchup, mustard, cheese sauce. So, uh, Let's get to know uh, you a little bit better just in terms of your spiritual journey. So I'd love for you to share just maybe two or three uh, key spiritual turning points for you in your life. So it um, could be anything from what led you to the Lord, led yeah. you to ministry. Um, just share a little bit about that.
1: All right, I'll do, I'll give you a couple. So um, I heard the gospel almost in, in its entirety uh, really, from a really young age on. I went to, um, grew up going to church, But in my home, my mom was a Christian and my dad was not. And that kind of left a weird impression on me about Christianity and just what it was and who it was for. Um, But I just was around awesome uh, Christians who loved Jesus and really wanted to share the gospel. And so from a really early age, I heard about heaven and Jesus being the way to heaven and needing to believe in Jesus And so, I I embraced that section of the gospel from a really early age. And then, probably like a lot of you, just grew up going to church, um, loved youth group, this kind of thing was my jam, all about it, and was a good kid. So, I really thought, like, I had this great faith until I went to college, and then I realized I had, like, no faith, and... I just, for me, it was really evident that I didn't have that, what we're talking about even a little bit tonight, that relationship with, with Christ. And he was so kind and gracious to just help me realize that my senior year of college. And I was at the University of Illinois in Champaign and came back and just was back home, back at the same church I grew up at as a kid. And for the first time, I heard what I was, was missing. And it was not just like, hey, you know, Jesus is cool, get saved, don't go to hell, go to heaven, but the sin part. For the first time, I realized what I needed to be saved from. And so for me, it was, I was 22 and just, you know, under tons of conviction, even kind of also what we're talking about a little bit tonight, what we'll talk about this weekend. But I was miserable, so I'm living this life for myself, chasing everything the world's offering and trying to just, you know, make myself happy with the things that the world was saying, hey, you know, this will make you happy. But I was so miserable to the point where I just, you know, and I don't advise this, but one day I I was at school and I was like, I don't want to do this anymore. (laughs) And so I quit my job, I gave my roommate the key to the apartment and said, I'm done. And again, just want to make sure you hear that. Not a strong recommendation, Uh, you know, talk to your parents about those kind of decisions before you quit your life. But I just knew I needed to do that. And so coming back to Morton and going to Cornerstone and hearing the gospel again at 22, for the first time I was like, oh, this is what I'm missing. So I don't really have a moment in that early 20s range, but somewhere in that year, the gospel just became very real and I realized you know what I needed and what I was missing. Um, and looking back on it, I can I can say that this is what was missing. Um, and I think that's a, a part of my sort of my youth and the, the time that you guys are in right now that I really regret like thinking I had this relationship with Christ but not knowing him at all. Not trying to get to know him better. Not trying to understand his expectations for my life based off of what's in here, but just like, oh, I'll just be good and stay out of trouble, and you know. But this had no no connection to his word at all. Um, so, you know, actually getting saved somewhere in my early twenties, this became like, oh, not only does this tell me, you know, how salvation works and what I need and why I need it, but there's a ton of other helpful, you know, instruction from the Lord about how to live and his expectations for life. And so, you know, that was kind of the second turning point. And then, um, yeah, I just got really involved with the church, and I was working construction. I was a carpenter, and then I became a youth leader. Um, actually, when our youth pastor asked if I would be in youth ministry, I, like, laughed and was like, I'll never do youth ministry don't, don't, don't mess with the Lord. Um, I was actually doing what Tyler did. I was back doing audio and like messing with the soundboard. Uh, I wrecked a Christmas. I was telling them I wrecked a kid's Christmas concert real bad. and, I,
0: and They had to tell me,
1: this is not your gift. <laughs> uh, so yeah, I, be, I started getting involved in youth ministry. I was a leader, just running games and doing all the things, making my youth pastor's life miserable um but i just started doing that more and more and i love that more and more and, and over a period of about seven or eight years the lord just kind of impressed upon me a desire to want to do that you know with all my time not just Wednesdays and Sundays um so yeah i had a conversation with my pastor and just said i know this is crazy but i think i want to be in ministry and i understand now what he meant but just you know, he's like, yeah, a lot of us kind of see that in you, and we're kind of waiting for you to figure it out, so, um, yeah, I, I began a, down a, a road that led me to full-time pastoral ministry, so I was a youth pastor at a church in Morton for almost two years, and, and then I knew I needed some help to actually be a good pastor, so I went to school in California, a seminary to understand the Bible better and learn how to preach and preach. And how to be a pastor, so I didn't even know there was a school for that. I was just like, uh, anyway. So yeah, I would say those are my kind of key key moments, real early. So the impression of the gospel, then mid twenties, really kind of hearing it for the first time in it's in its entirety. Um, and the Lord used that in a huge way to, because I just was, I got a youth ministry because I saw like dudes that just reminded me of how I was in high school. I'm like, oh, he's doing the same dumb things I did. I need to just help him. Like, he's literally just the same kid. And so I I just, yeah, I loved it. Once I went one Wednesday night, I was hooked. I was all in and um, knew it's what I wanted to be a part
0: of. So one of the things that you mentioned there in kind of your testimony is the, the pivotal role that the church played in that. And really that the church has played in the developments, I mean, the last decade, especially. So you have served, they're good, they're big kids. You've served actually as a membership pastor. I get it now. Yeah.
1: Big kids. I thought you were talking about them. Yeah, no. <laughs> and I was like, uh-uh, I'm not gonna touch that. I'm so sorry.
0: No, <laughs> so you served as a membership pastor uh, for a stint here. So maybe just talk to True. students about just why, why do you love church? What <laughs> is about church that is just exciting to you? Why do you like talking about getting involved in the church?
1: It's awesome. <laughs> um, no, that's such a good question. Um, You know, I think maybe my 10 o'clock version answer would be the importance of, like, God's design of the church and what it's for for you. So I think you can go back to Genesis and see God say, like, you know, we have all these things that are good. It's good, it's good, it's good. God says it's good. And then the first thing we get to that's not is for man to be alone. And so... You know, obviously we, we understand that in the context of relationship and in the ultimate relationship, which would be marriage. But overall, it's not good for us to operate alone. Um, being that, you know, wolf pack of one, it's just not a good idea with anything. But especially with your faith. So, you know, God does this amazing thing with the church and he specifically puts it together in such a way that it's meant to be a huge benefit to everyone involved. Um, From spiritual gifts, which aren't for you, but are for everybody else in that church. Like You are given, as a Christian, a spiritual gift. Some of it's leadership, some of it's teaching, some of it's just being kind. And those gifts are for everybody else. So, in a way, God has you in this particular church, and if you're a Christian, all the other Christians in that church have something that you really need. And you have something that they need too. And so, even just in that small way, you start to see like, oh, there's, a, a, there's a, something happening on purpose here. And then I would just maybe expand it a little bit and say like the importance of fellowship and community importance of everybody being together, um, helping each other. You know, I, I see it in my life all the time. Just, you know, we we are sick or you know we have a need in our family. Who helps us the most? That's the church. The, the mm-hmm. church comes around us and wants to try to you know help us with an actual physical, even temporary thing But they're there to help. Mm-hmm. And so you know you see kind of the importance of that. And then I think ultimately though, you have things like accountability. So as you think about, okay, here I am trying to live this life for the Lord. I'm trying to live like a Christian. One, just like in normal, like everyday life, I don't know everything. Like I don't, I need my parents help to kind of help me figure out what I'm doing and things to stay away from and things to do better. Same with your Christian life, same with the spiritual life that you have. Like, you need help figuring out what to do and areas you need to grow. And so not only does God give you parents and, and pastors, but he gives you a whole church to come around you and say, and when it's functioning healthy that they do that, hey, like what you're doing is not okay. You know, let's, let's help you. Let's figure this out together. You know, we're supposed to encourage each other that way. There's... You don't, I don't know, was it 58 or 60 one another statements in the New Testament? Things that we're supposed to do with one another, do for one another. Love and encourage and correct and pray for and bear each other's burdens and all these one another statements. Is, it, is that right? 58, yeah, yeah. Or 60? You're, he, uh, well, he's got that. Um, so I think you just even see that like there's, God intends for you to be in this family, this body and it's, we call it a local church, and when you're in that, you have, you have built-in family and friendship, but you have accountability, and you have people who are ready to come alongside of you and, and help you actually live this Christian life that you're claiming to have. Um, and on your own, you're just not going to do that very well. Um, I think... COVID is a great example of that. Like, what happens when everybody goes on their own? (laughs) It's just really bad. You know, things crumble really fast and people stop doing what they're supposed to do. And I even think maybe even on a... We could back up just a little bit. Like, every seven days, you know, God says, here's what's helpful for you to worship me. So even just in that aspect, because... You're not going to do that on your own. You know, you're, you need a weekly built-in reminder. Like, oh, Sunday. And I need to go to church. And I need to worship. And I need to hear from his word. And I need that, you know. If we didn't have that, God knows us so well. knows that we would never pursue that on our own. Lots of reasons, but those would be some of my top. I love that. Yeah, we've been talking this last, a lot this last year about mm.
0: membership in church, uh, the vital role that membership plays mm. for the Christian life. For a lot of young people, membership feels like an intimidating step, but why would you even, I mean, maybe based on some of the same reasons, but yeah. particularly geared towards students, why is membership even good for baptized believers in Christ, now even if they're yeah. junior high or high schooler?
1: Um, I would say... There's no, there's no place in the New Testament where you would separate one of those. So if you're a Christian, you should observe the ordinances. Like, nope, if you're a Christian, you're doing communion, and you're observing that, and you're also wanting to be baptized. And the last one that's kind of um, an automatic part of that chain is that you would identify with God's people. So if you're willing to identify with Christ, which is where baptism comes in, because I'm doing that publicly, and I'm doing that maybe in a kind of a one-on-one situation with communion. It's kind of me and the Lord. But membership is like that obvious next connection. So to remove one of those is really weird. Like it's It's kind of a newer thing where we now hear this word membership, and people get I don't know, nervous about it, or they think about it in a, in a way that Christians for almost 2,000 years have never thought, they're like, yeah, obviously. I'm identifying with Christ in, you know, baptism. I identify with his people in membership. Like, I'm with, I'm with Jesus, and I'm with his people. Like, that kind of makes sense, that it goes absolutely hand in hand. But the other thing that's so important is for you, even in junior high, high school, if you, if you literally are a Christian, genuinely a Christian, you already belong to this family. Like, you're already a part of it. And it's really, really good for you to, to say that, to identify with that and say, you know, yes, I, hey, I got saved. And hey, I want to get baptized. And I want to tell my church family. And I also want my church family to get involved in my life and help me and start to... Come alongside me with some of those things we just talked about. Keep me accountable and help me grow into this, you know, role as a, as a young Christian guy or, or girl. So it's kind of helpful for the rest of the people in the church to go, oh, no, she's, she got baptized and she joined our church. We want to invite her to our, you know, our Bible study or our group or whatever. So, so if you're a Christian, you should join the church. We'd love to talk to you about that. So,
0: um, <clears throat> our theme this weekend, uh, finding joy. Uh, it'd be helpful, maybe, as we think about what you've set the tone with so far and where we're going this weekend. Can you define for us just what, in its most simple form, is joy? And then maybe one of the, the questions kind of kind of came up in our, our small group even already tonight is this idea of what's, what's kind of the distinction between joy and joy, and happiness are they the same are they different what, what distinguishes one from the other
1: yeah I think you know we can use them interchangeably and I, I probably will a lot this weekend um, because you know what we're talking about though and, and how I want you to think of joy and how we typically think of the difference between joy and happiness is happiness is more I might use the word worldly and joy might be more intended for, in connection to God. So lots of definitions of joy, but the one I would want you to think about is, uh, maybe use the word, like, soul contentment. Mm -hmm. Um, Soul satisfaction. Mm -hmm. But not in temporal things. When When you think about joy, you know, in every good definition of it, it's gonna immediately run that feeling that we're talking about, but it's gonna run it immediately to connection with the Lord, with His Word, and who He is. So that's what we're, you know, that's what we're talking about. That's what we're trying to identify. And of course, the world takes happiness or joy, but probably more happiness, and they connect it because. They don't want to admit that God's real and God exists, so they connect it to earthly things. You know, stuff that makes us, well, feel good, feel happy, feel this way. And it's hard to, you know, think about those feelings because we can't always control the way that we feel, right? Um, I mean, you can't. But what, what helps sort of give some control and give some direction to those feelings is how we think about stuff, which is why I'm helping us tonight think about the way we think about our Savior, the way we think about Christ. Tomorrow we're going to talk about how we think about sin and how we think about the world and, and, and how we think about those things directly impacts the way we feel. Um, so I, I would say that. like, It's probably not a great definition, but you're not going to remember it anyway. Uh, but <laughs> just that soul contentment, that feeling of soul satisfaction, but in connection to... What I know, you know, about Christ, about it, the truth of who he is revealed in his word. Yeah, I think those two
0: words, contentment and satisfaction, are, are huge as you think about joy. Because yeah. happiness, especially not just even worldliness, you know, because, I mean, happiness is not even a wrong emotion, biblically speaking. Mm-hmm. But it is one of those that comes and goes with circumstances. Whereas yeah. when I think about joy, we think about satisfaction in Christ. Yeah. Christ is something that doesn't change, right? He right. he's he's stable even in all circumstances, and right. so that's a really key thing to hold on to. So uh, let's do this just for sake of time. I want us to have plenty of downtime silly here yet tonight, so maybe just uh, two more questions, just to to think through that. I think will be really helpful for. Should have said like five more questions. Let's five just more. do five. Fun. <laughs> um, we're the only ones who think we're funny. <laughs> that's why we do what we do. <laughs> um we had a lot of uh maybe i'll maybe i'll condense uh there were several questions that really were uh that some students gave that were geared towards just relationships with friends and maybe Hmm. maybe as i look about at this you know there's honoring god and dating relationships or how do i help my friend who's caught in sin maybe it's just uh, a question of like what is. What does good
1: Christian friendship look like? What does it look like to be a good Christian friend? Mm. Boy, that's a huge question. Um, so, you know, I I really like to say this about friendship, and I think you're never too young to learn this. Uh, maybe I'll go to Proverbs instead. I think this, this is helpful. Proverbs 1 gives us some really great direction about the way we think about people, and especially friendship. And... I think it's a really helpful statement for you to learn don't let people choose you to be friends you choose who you're friends with uh, and, and Solomon unpacks this in Proverbs 1 and, and mainly it, from a negative standpoint verse 10 my son if sinners entice you do not consent if they say come with us <clears throat> let us lie and wait for blood let us ambush the innocent without reason you know, a lot of Proverbs talk, it's kinda of dark, but the whole point is do not he says in verse fifteen, don't walk in their way, don't go with them, hold back your foot from their path. <laughs> so I think it's really helpful. And I I, I know the maybe the pull here, the, the lure of wanting to be popular or even just wanting to have friends, not wanting to be alone. I, I get that. I understand that. And in that Desire to not want to be, you know, alone and, and wanting to have some friends, we kind of just go, I don't care who it is. I, I want to be friends with somebody. I want to have friends. I want to have a group of people that I'm with. And that's really a dumb way to approach friendship. Um, you're, you're You're asking for trouble if you're not being selective about who this person is and the kind of influence they're going to have on me. And then that kind of gets you thinking about what kind of friend you should be. How am I, you know, what kind of uh, influence am I going to be on somebody's life? Am I the kind of, you know, am I the kind of friend that this person needs and and wants, especially according to God's word? So, you know, that's a, there's a lot in a question like that. Like, how do I engage with, you know, I think I'm just going to assume that's also, how do I deal with this person who claims to be a Christian, but they're not really living like it, and they're my friend? You know how do I deal with this friend who's you know not treating me very great? We used to be friends and now we're not. Like all those are kind of in there. How do I deal with a friend who's beginning to really embrace our world's standard for you know tolerance of everything? And, you know I just I'm trying to figure all that out. I think the main thing, and this is what I would want to encourage you with, is there isn't some like here's the playbook and like here's the Things that you want to say and things you don't want to say. You know, I-, I think actually a chapter like Colossians three, for example, would be a great chapter to help you understand. You know, how I'm supposed to live. Um, Matthew five or six, uh, being salt and light. Not five, I think that's five. Being salt and light. If you're a Christian, like, this is this is who, how Jesus describes you in the world. Light and salt. That's about influence. Light always overpowers darkness. Salt usually wins with almost every food like it's those things are are the influencing agent, not the one being that's who you're supposed to be, but for God, for his kingdom, for the gospel. Um, so I think it's way less about what you say and it's way more about how you live. Uh, Colossians three has this great section about like what you're not going to do anymore, like how you're not going to live, and now how you live instead. And then gives some sort of great summary statements about filling your life with the word and being thankful and everything that you're doing. But I love how Paul sort of ends that section talking about whatever you do in word or deed, you just do it in the name of the Lord. So your life now is just about, as I'm around people at school, at church, on my team, whatever I'm doing, I just, it's not really so much about what you say, It's, but it's a lot about how you're living. Um, it's probably more about what you're not saying. It's probably more about what you're not laughing at, um, what you're not, you know, engaging with, you know, showing some restraint because you're trying to represent Christ, you know, and they, they should know you're a Christian if they do, all the more. Like, you want to represent Christ to the people you're engaging with. Um, so I've said a lot there, but I, I want to try to help you think about that. I'm sure you have friends who are really struggling with LGBTQ stuff. Sorry, Junior High. But, you know, I think that's, I'm sure that's in your world. So how do I deal with this person who's, who's dealing with that? How do I, well... It's the same question, no matter what the sin is. How do I interact with this person who's doing something that's contrary to God's word? Substitute, you know, whatever for any other sin. Like, how do I deal? Well, I I need to be salt and light. (laughs) I need to live for Christ in front of them. I need to be a Christian around them. I need them to see the joy that I have as a Christian so that they might look at me and go, okay, <laughs> we have the same life almost. I'm miserable <laughs> and you're like full of joy. So what's the deal? Like, are you on drugs or something? Like, tell me what is it? So that's the, that's the whole point. Like, it's, I'm living for Christ in this way that the, the world's going, okay, I know it's God. I know it's this relationship that you have. I know you go to church. I don't understand. And then you have you get the great privilege to tell them, yeah, yeah, Christ has made me totally new, and I have different desires, and I, I just I have different hope and joy that I didn't have before, and now I do because of Christ, because of what He's done. Um. So I think as you think about how do I deal with friends, and how do I think about you know these. Groups of circles of people that I'm kind of engaging with. And how do I, so one, be really careful and selective about who you decide to be friends with. It's not an everyone. It's, it's, a, it's a serious call to be you know, careful about who you're, who you're choosing to be friends with. But as you think about you being a friend to people who are gonna need help, it's the same, you know, it's the same kind of principle as the church. I'm here to help, to love, encourage, Sometimes correct, sometimes pray for, sometimes just, you know, bear their burden, you know, in, in all those different capacities. I want to be that kind of friend. So, summarized well, I think by Paul when he says that, whatever you do, whether it's talking or maybe it's just the way you're living, do it to honor Christ. Do it in the name of Christ, and, and you'll, you'll be a lot, lot better off than you think.
0: So tonight, our first first lesson really uh, pointed to kind of that question of whether or not you are satisfied in Christ. And maybe some of our students here this weekend are really wrestling with that question and really wrestling with this question of, well, am I a Christian? Am I saved? Mm. Do I have this satisfaction and joy? Um, and maybe these are some of the things we're going to go to throughout the weekend. Um, but what are just for, for the young person who's just wrestling with that question, of, like, am I a Christian? What are some of the things that you would point them to 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 help them answer that question?
1: Yeah, I mean, I think Ephesians two is a really helpful look at the Christian life. I know I'm supposed to say First John, but I, I really want to say Ephesians two. So First John is a is a short book, and the whole book is about that question. He says John says at the end of his letter in First John, I write all this so that if you're a Christian you'd have that assurance you'd know that you're saved so obviously that's a really helpful book and in that book I think it begins with a helpful understanding of sin and how you think about the word and how you think about one another and all that's really really good but that I hesitate to talk about that especially with younger people because I feel like that gives you a checklist and I just I want you to not run to okay I'm I read my Bible for five minutes, Jack. Like, I really want to keep us focused on what we've started with tonight, and it's that personal knowledge of Christ. It's that personal relationship with him. But I say Ephesians 2 because it's it's really clear, like how the gospel works and who you are, if you're a Christian or not. Because there, again, it's Paul. Sorry, he wrote a lot of letters in the Bible, but he says in Ephesians 2, if, like, if you're saved, then you used to be dead in your sin. And for a couple of verses, he talks about what that looks like, how you're just kind of floating along with the world and just doing everything the world's kind of engaged in, really anti-God system. He says you're dead in it, but by the grace of God, you've been given spiritual life. He gives you life. God gives you life. And so I think that's helpful to think about, and a lot of young people who are, and we'll talk about it more tomorrow morning, with sin and how that sin kind of messes up the way we think about salvation. But I want you to think about it like this. Um, you know, you, you've, I mean, who has like a, a, like a fresh baby in their family, like a niece or nephew, or maybe you have like a little sibling, like you've seen this little kid, okay? But you know what a baby is, right? Everybody can... Show hands. Who knows what a baby is? Okay, so that baby is alive, right? And it needs a ton of help, especially early on, right? needs a ton of help, like needs help eating and changing and all the stuff that, you know, you, you watch your parents do or your uncles and aunts or whatever. Like, I think it's the same spiritually. So you are made alive in Christ. But in a very similar way, you're like a newborn baby. And you're just a mess. And you need a ton of help those first years. Ten years or so. Like, you're just, you're... So, as you think about that question, how do I know if I'm saved or not? Like, I think that's a great thing to wrestle with. That's a great thing to talk to your parents about, your leaders about, your pastors about. But I want you to know, like even in that question, there's signs of spiritual life. Because a dead person doesn't give a rip about that question. A dead person who's dead in their sin does not care. So if you're asking that question, that's a really good sign that you're probably just struggling with sin. Like a newborn, you need a ton of help. You need a mom and a dad and some, some help. Hey, don't touch that. Hey, don't do that. Hey, let's learn how to walk and let's learn how to live and eat and do all the things, but in a spiritual sense. So, you know, I would never, and unfortunately, and I wish I could, I, you know, all pastors are like, I wish I could see and know who is and who isn't. But I want you to be encouraged if you're asking that question. That's a really good sign. But now, and as we're going to learn a little bit tomorrow, it's time to figure out for sure. And it's time to really embrace, do I believe this gospel? And, And to keep kind of pressing into that and leaning into that, which then results in a changed life, which is where John goes in 1 John. Like I'm fighting sin and I'm developing a lifestyle that's characteristic of one that's following God and not this sort of, old description of me just floating in a big sin pool um i think that's what i would say you might fix that no i love it okay. it's, uh, i love that you're
0: in and uh, just the personal relationship aspect to it because yeah first john is a great place to go to but uh, yeah if you're not careful with it it just becomes still kind of a checklist mentality thing but that's that last part there is one of the things I try to encourage people with a lot is just the fact that you're even asking that question is a good sign. Doesn't mean it's everything, but yeah. it's a really good sign right. um, itself. So um, we we'll would be sensitive to our time. We're at our, our ten thirty mark that we said we were gonna we were gonna honor tonight. So thank you uh, for taking time tonight. So a couple of uh, deals. Yeah, you earned yourself a very big kid there. So uh, Jay obviously be we around all weekend. So if you have more questions for him. If you have more questions for him, uh, feel free. Uh, come up anytime. Uh, love to meet you and get to know you. Uh, as he has time to answer any other questions that you're, uh, you have out there. I did not think of my better student ministry story. So, actually. Now what? what? do they do oh, now? No, no, it's, it's good. Because I was just thinking, because I'm pretty sure your flight on the way back home goes through Dallas, right? Yeah. Oh. <laughs> yeah. yeah, you don't know how Dallas. <laughs> Tell it. Oh, yeah, no, we took we a mission trip this summer to San Francisco, but we had to go through Dallas, and Dallas did not want to let us go. So we were, I don't know, we were supposed to fly. I don't know. Well, I forget, what time we were we supposed to get into San Francisco? We were supposed to get into San Francisco. Six?
1: Oh, wow. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, I forget how many hours we were
0: in the Dallas airport. 17? Yeah, but here's 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 the... Jay, here's, here's the best part of that. Eventually, had to get new tickets and everything. They put us up in a hotel for the evening, which you know we were only in for about three hours. But the best part was they sent us, they gave the vouchers for the hotel. We have to get into like, I don't know how many, four or five different taxis to take us there. Our vehicle's the first one to pull up to the hotel. The hotel is boarded up. The, nobody has been in this thing for years. You can't like make this years. up. Yeah, this is great. And we're like looking at each other, like, <laughs> how how is how's is this possible? And the guy the guy was about to not take us so like that yeah. because we looked it up. There was like, no, there's there's an actual different place they're supposed to go to. And he was like, well, what do you mean? What do you mean this? <laughs> I need you to get us there, and so yeah. That was that was the best part, though, is like pulling up to. There's nothing like pulling up to finally your stopping point, what you think is your stopping point, at four in the morning after almost twenty-four hours of traveling, to find that no one's home. You've
1: arrived at Luigi's haunted mansion. <laughs> exactly. So.
0: So, we we do hope that you fare better on your way back through Dallas on your way home. Thanks for the
1: curse, man. That's
0: awesome. (laughs) Changing my flight now. Dallas has a new special place in our hearts. Yeah. Yeah. You can only take so many loops around on the train.
1: All right, guys, uh, here's the deal. Uh, We are.